Available on all podcast platforms. This is the Psychology Cast, the podcast that interviews unique individuals on why they do what they do. This podcast I talked to Isabel from a site, and actually this is a follow-up podcast from the previous episode. In this particular episode, you will listen to the challenges of online education and more about why she started her resource on Instagram called Sight. So sit back and enjoy this podcast. Welcome back to part two of the Psychology Couch with Isabel. We're going to be talking a bit more about her work, but more in relation to why she started her Instagram account providing psychology, um, well, providing education psychology on this platform. So how are you, Isabel? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well. I, I didn't call you uh, Elizabeth this time. No, no. Slips. <laughs> <laughs> um, how are you feeling post, well, post lockdown, isn't it? So it's almost like just while, while we're entering this autumn season, you know, and we're in October now, today's date is 4th of, 4th of October 2020, just for anyone listening. But how are you feeling just before um, entering this period of um, the autumn? Yeah, feeling good. I think um, I think it's getting a little bit harder motivation-wise with kind of darker mornings and, and darker evenings kind of earlier. Um, I think obviously over summer, because we had nice weather, lockdown, well, for me, I perceived lockdown as a bit easier um, because, you know, you've got kind of more of the day. You can go out for long walks in the sunshine. And I think generally having kind of sunshine kind of boosts my mood. Um, but yeah, no, feeling fine. Um, just making sure that I, I'm quite an active person. So making sure that I'm still going on walks and making sure I'm still doing my little gym workouts and things to keep me busy. Um, but yeah, I think it, I think there's been a definite, a definite difference in the shift. And um, I suppose uni work, because it's all online at the moment as well. Um, it's very different to how obviously I did my undergraduate degree um, but it's very weird in lockdown and kind of always you know you've got to be quite flexible I think and um, obviously you, you're taking on a doctorate which is a big thing to do and there's certain placements and um, and different requirements that you have to meet but doing that in in kind of lockdown and on zoom and online is there's different challenges and but there's positives as well there's positives and negatives to it but um but yeah, it's very, it's very different to how I imagined it kind of this time last year when I was applying. Obviously, we kind of didn't know about a lockdown in September. Um, so yeah, it's very different. What can I say? Um, totally agree with you. Um, I think when we, yeah, you know, when you start thinking about the pandemic, right? Nobody, I mean, if I'm honest, nobody has an idea a clue um this is completely alien and you know yeah you're right the start of sort of your program you never thought this was going to happen you know well the, for this long anyway even when this was going on back in march and april never thought it would go on for you know until october and then maybe okay, around May. i mean in in march time i'd done all my interviews and i was just and i actually found out kind of mid-march um, it was yeah. kind of in the middle of lockdown that we found out, but I think 
the impact it's going to have this year as well on applications and interviews. I think it, it's going to look completely different to when I applied as well, um, which is something that obviously people need to kind of bear in mind as well as, you know, how do you get, I think a massive thing is how do you get your personality across on Zoom? If you're doing kind of, you know, in my interview, we had a, um, a group discussion or, um, you know, a group task. And I'm wondering if that would even be the case um, this year. I don't, I don't know how that would look on Zoom, you know, because you've got the, you kind of don't read other people's body language as much, can you? And you can't, some, there's a lot of kind of overlap of speaking on Zoom. And it's like, oh, sorry, you go. Oh, no, you go. It's quite, it's a very different dimension, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, nobody, nobody, nobody had a plan for this. That's what I suppose is making it a lot more harder, isn't it? Or a bit more uncertain about, because no one's saw this thing coming, um, how it's going to affect us. But I'm just thinking for yourself, like, what was going through your mind when you knew that this was going to, well, this was likely to happen? Have you got used to it now, by now? Or, because I presume you still don't, we still don't know when we're going to go, when we're going to go back to where we, what we, what might it look like back in the future? No, I think, I think it, obviously it's, it causes a bit of uncertainty and a bit of anxiety kind of associated with it. I think um, like uni's going really well online and my um, kind of university, my course have been really good. Um, you know, we've had a structured mm. timetable from the outset. That was quite containing, but um, I think it's more around placements really, you know, so Tavistock is, um, is very different. So where I, where I study um, for the first year, we do um, a CAMS placement. So child adolescent mental health services, we do a placement in CAMS as well as um, an educational psychology placement. So we do two. Um, most of you know the university does a CAMS placement, so it's very different. Um, but I kind of feel a bit positive and negative. I feel so kind of my positives are, you know, I've managed to stay at home, so I'm saving money. I'm not, you know, I'm not renting in London at the moment, which is silly money, isn't it? Um, so I'm kind of saving money I'm around my family. So it means that I'm not on my own in kind of if there's a second lockdown or if anything's going on. Um, so for me, like that's really positive. And, and at home, I'm lucky that I have the space to kind of like I've got my own little little office or little study, um, which I, I probably wouldn't have when I moved to London. I'll be renting a room or so I think having that's that's a, a massive positive for me. But I think kind of the the negative side that I'm seeing is am I missing out on my placement if it's I mean they haven't necessarily said to us that it's going to be online they've said that a lot of a lot of placement could be online there's things to do online if you, if you feel comfortable coming in you can come in so it's very flexible but I was kind of trying to think in the in the family's shoes and actually if I was a family in London and if we were vulnerable or if I had young children, would I want to go on the underground? Would I want to go on a train? Would I want to go into a clinic? Probably wouldn't. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think that's another dimension. And so for me, I think, I think it, I'm kind of wondering how would this experience be different if, if, I was, if I was in London? I mean, already kind of my course have reflected that we haven't had the opportunity to bond as a group. So yes, we have on Zoom but we haven't necessarily in person and, and would specific friendships have formed. And we were saying that could have been a positive or it could have been negative. Cause then, cause actually now we're quite a cohesive big group, but would we have had kind of, you know, like little friendship groups if, and, and is that, is that better or is that worse? And, and nobody really knows because we can't compare cause we didn't, we have nothing to compare it to. Um, 
but I think it is a massive change obviously things being online um, getting used to it but I think the big thing for me is I don't want to feel like I'm missing out on my placements because obviously that's where it's learning through experience it's learning through opportunity um, so that's the kind of main thing for me that I'm just going to put everything into my placements and get out of it as much as I possibly can whether it's online or whether it's in person so yeah I've just been reflecting on what you were saying um, and how it applies to like what we've I think we're talking about education but through the interaction it's about development and when you're thinking about your role um, especially when you said about social stuff you know social learning essentially and how that has an impact on children um, young people um, because they they exactly what you're saying in terms of them they're missing out on those things isn't it as well like they're missing out on those forming those groups yeah. especially in certain key ages isn't it some ages might be fine because they've already established those friendship groups but when you're in this phase of transitioning especially the start of something new how that has an impact on our development do you think that has an impact on children's development what's happening right now yeah definitely i think if you um you think about it they're going through kind of if they're prime school or if it's high school that you know they've all been through a kind of stage where they've they've not had any routine they've been at home and um, it's up to parents kind of how much how much teaching they're doing at home so you know i think it's very important when they go back to school teachers are kind of aware of that and then um, it, it's it's massive changes and actually there was um a bbc panorama about um oh i can't is it fighting for an education and it's about um it shows kind of families perspectives on living with children with special educational needs and actually the lack of support that they've had from the government that's what how they feel is they've had um a lack of support from the government so you know their children might be accessing special special provisions and actually they've been at home all this time and they felt that um there wasn't enough support for them which is which is sad to see really um i mean i know when i worked in the psychology service we were doing a lot of outreach stuff for parents at home making mm. sure we were putting putting kind of guidance documents together and we had a telephone support helpline for parents that felt felt uneasy during this time about their children and what support can be offered and that was all free to access so i mean it's very subjective isn't it but i think um I think it is really important to recognise that they haven't had, you know, they might not have seen their, some of their friends for a long time. And actually it was, it was the kind of transition period, wasn't it, September? So they might be going back into a completely different classroom. They might now have new, new classmates if anyone's moved school. Um, I'm thinking especially kind of transition-wise if they've gone from nursery to reception or if they're going from year six to high school. Um, if they're going from high school to uni, I know like my cousin's just gone to uni and you know, you see on the, yeah, on the news, yeah. all, the, all the students in lockdown, it's a very different experience. Um, but yeah, I think it's just making the most out of that situation and, and making sure that um, children are as comfortable as possible. Um, and that kind of, I almost think that teachers need to kind of build in that time to actually let them connect with the friends, you know, they haven't seen them, they potentially haven't seen them for months. And they're coming back to school um if they're sitting down and doing doing like full-on full-on education for the full time and um, teaching you know when do they have the time to reconnect with some of the friends other than the play time that they normally have and, and online is not so i mean we were talking about this earlier right 
um, of of you know of the before the podcast uh, before the podcast about online is not the same, is it? For me, it's not. Mm. I think it it doesn't it doesn't play to my strengths. I'm quite a I'm quite a sociable person. Mm. Um, I like reading others' body language. Um, I feel like I feel like I do notice changes in people's body language. So, mm. I mean, we were reflecting on the on in our uni course, and we were saying actually. I don't know how you're feeling today. So you could say to me, oh, I feel absolutely fine. But had you come into uni, you know, I might have been able to see that your body language was a bit off or mm-hmm. you were feeling a bit stressed. Yeah, yeah. You, you miss out on those kind of unconscious cues that people are giving you. And um, and I think that's something that something that's quite interesting. And, and how open people are on camera, is it, is it different? Can you mask things easier? Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of different variables, I think. Um, when you're talking about kind of online learning as well um, for me just staring at a screen all day just really doesn't help me um, yeah. obviously I learn a lot in lectures that are online um, but I think um, after if you're doing kind of extra work everything's on your laptop whereas if you were going into uni you know you've got the you've got the journey time which I would be listening to a podcast or reading or just listening to music, kind of relaxing. And I mean, for me in London, it's 45 minutes to um, to the clinic, which is where we were, uh, where we do uni work. So, you know, I've got 45 minutes that I just kind of chill and prepare myself for the day. If you're in, you're in a classroom, ideas bouncing off each other, having that kind of, having having that opportunity and, and we call it corridor conversation. So you miss out on, you know, just just asking people for advice, you know, it's, it's a bit, it seems a bit more intrusive to kind of ring someone and be like, well, can, can I just ask about this? Or I wasn't really sure on this. Or um, I think it, it's very different. Um, and it's something that we're getting used to, obviously. I mean, I'm a month in now, so um, I am I am getting used to it. Um, but, you know, just at the back of your mind, it kind of niggles at you, the what if, you know, oh, well, what if we were in, or, you know, what if we could, what if it's not this, but obviously, nobody can control this and we're just kind of going with the flow and reacting um and kind of actually thinking as well kind of trying to preempt what's coming next so you know nothing's cancelled or nothing's affected like our learning isn't affected by this anymore and um, making sure that we're prepared so um yeah i think i think that's what that's all that we can really do i mean i'm teaching online um lectures um so i've got my schedule come through in the university so can you teach these sessions and um and go go to university once every two weeks to do the tutorial so smaller groups and smaller groups i mean literally quite small and um i think you're right you know think about communication about body language um the way we communicate that we would pick up on non-verbal cues for example um, tells us a lot about that person and their direction and how they're feeling. Um, and also in terms of like, just their well-being, you know, and identifying opportunities. Okay, I've been having a moment with them. Um, so with the online, um, you know, the reason I wanted to talk to you about online is because you started an online um, a resource. Uh, that's how I see it. Uh, it's on a platform, um, you know, Instagram yeah and so it is it is basically providing i mean you yeah you you go for it you tell me more about it but the way i look the way i was observing it was it's an education resource online um and 
it's probably more important now than ever in that sense in this post covid world yeah. we're going towards to the online how do we fill that space okay so what you tell us what it is first and then i'm, I'm going to another, another couple of questions yes so um i set up an instagram account called site um and the tagline is see a future in psychology so for me um kind of came about when i was going through my um doctorate application i was kind of thinking you know i i worked i worked as an assistant psychologist in a large service i had access to people who were on different training courses and um, different educational training courses so for example at the university of birmingham or nottingham or sheffield or newcastle and all these people were kind of saying were giving their views on what you should include in your personal statement what questions might come up at interview they were being so helpful um and and also just kind of that reassurance and giving you a confidence boost was amazing um, and kind of speaking to people firsthand that have been through it i found really really helpful because it's quite a stressful period um, you know having kind of interviews straight away thinking you know am i good enough for this you kind of have a little moment with yourself and you think oh gosh um, but i found talking to people that were on the course was the most helpful thing for me um, and it really worked for me and i kind of thought I kind of thought what would happen for those people who didn't have that opportunity so if you work in a private service or if you're just from a completely different background because there's kind of people on the course that have been teachers or teaching assistants and not not been in the kind of assistant psychologist world i thought how would how how would they know what to say in interview or how would they know what's going to come up because i just found that really helpful so i thought if i start this psychology kind of page um i can kind of make it what i want but my kind of focus was there were a lot of things I wish I'd have known before um, and I was kind of hoping to kind of upskill and, and give people the opportunity to learn that before um, and also as a bit of a reflective page really for me if there's anything I've learned about that I found really interesting or that I wanted to do a bit more research on or that I wanted to post about and um, it was things that it's things that other people in the who want to pursue educational psychology want to be in the same field might also want to know about um, so for me, that that's kind of why I started the page. What made you, what made you, I suppose, and I, I make the apologies to do with the experiment. What made you think that um, that this is what people need? Um, I was kind of thinking about what I'd already seen out there. Um, mm. So I'd seen quite a lot of people with clinical psychologist pages. Um, and I think it was actually from most people asking me. So I had quite a lot of people contacting me from university saying, I've seen you're an assistant psychologist. How, how did you get that? Or, if, or quite a few people said, oh, you know, I've seen that you've got a doctorate in educational psychology. I'm looking to pursue that. But there's just not a lot of information out there about how you go about it, how you get, you know, a, a, even a lot of people just ask me what experience do I need? And, you know, there's no right or wrong. Like we discussed in the last podcast, there's no right or wrong experience. Um, obviously there's some that would work more in your favor um, but I think it's just it's just giving people the opportunity to ask questions like that that they might not necessarily find the answer to just by googling it um, and I think obviously Instagram a lot of young people engage in Instagram and um, you know I've, I've gained quite a few followers and it's been really nice to kind of have feedback and hear people's journey on on that on that platform it's been amazing um, and I think for me, it was more just about people were asking me all the time, how have you done it? What are you doing? Um, 
what do you learn about what's educational psychology um, that I thought oh well why don't I just why don't I try it in this way because I was almost repeating the same things to people um, but I'm quite passionate about helping others and obviously I wouldn't be in the field of psychology if I didn't want to help other people and um, so I think it's just kind of it's just a quality that that I see in myself and um, but I thought if I can help people through this um, then yeah ho hopefully it will it it will help them get on the similar career path? Yeah, I, I, I really do think it's absolutely vital in terms of like providing the space for informative information, helpful, you know, uh, helpful tools. Um, my, my, my thinking is that I'm concerned about what's out there at the moment in terms of like uh, false information, you know, um, very misleading information and especially in an age where you know what they call fake news and SEOs googling information they are dominating by you know sometimes not accurate stuff right and that's where people like yourself who provide these sort of material um, is so valuable and, and, and not just yourself, but you know, others alike, but it's, it's that sort of thinking. It's that sort of approach to say, I'm giving you healthy nutrients in that sense of the stuff that you need that because, because the space is being dominated with unhelpful stuff, not because they want to upset anybody. It's just maybe sometimes they want money. Sometimes most people are motivated by money. So if you have a lot of people eyes on your place, um, more traffic, for example, more like more advertising whatever um opportunities so people put whatever on there and i think that's why i became interested in you know um sourcing the right stuff even in the mental health charity i run you could have lots of people talking about mental health stuff right but i wanted to bring in quality tested proven products not that we've designed but we, we know it works in the marketplace. We want to bring them in and then we basically share that with our, our community, if you like. So, you know, they, so they, they get the value because it's their, it's a, it's their well-being. Um, but I wanted to know how do you feel about, about information um, and how products like yours and services like yours or resources like yours, I should say, um, where does that all fit in? What, what, what's your thinking? Right, on that on that subject and that's a bit of a deep question but i've always been yeah so go for it so i think my instagram is is based on my journey and um you know it's it's based on what i've prepared for interviews it's based on um kind of how i've got there and it's how others interpret that and um and use it and and it sounds awful but what worked for me not, might not necessarily work for everybody um you know they could write exactly the same statement as me and it, and it might not get them interviews it's just a lot of it is how you come across as well um but i think by giving people kind of tools and areas to look at and um, they can develop their own narrative they can develop their own story and their own journey i think i think that's what for me i just wanted to inspire people that were interested in educational psychology to pursue it and to have a look and um and yeah this is how i've done it but it doesn't mean it's right for everybody and it doesn't mean that 
they have to follow that journey. Um, but I just wanted to give kind of useful tools that I'm doing on the course or that I've learned from before. Um, and if people want to, if people want to use them, then they can, they can interpret them how, how they want. So for example, um, I did a post about kind of the role of an educational psychologist and we've been doing this at uni and, and it's really hard to define it in like a sentence or define it in a short paragraph. We, we had a task where we had to do, um, we had to do a video, a two minute one about the role of a psychologist and trying to sum it in two minutes was actually really hard. Um, but I did a post about the role of the educational psychologist and, and just said, you know, it's very much open to interpretation. What have you seen an educational psychologist do? Um, what have you read that they do? Um, and what what is kind of published that they do? And, and kind of job specs, what does job specs say that they do? If you look on different councils' websites, everything that they offer as an educational psychologist is very different as an educational psychology service. It's very, you know, there's differences. Yeah, there's similarities, but there is like indiscreet differences. And I think, well, you know, it's very much open to interpretation, but I sent from that post, I sent out a few, um, a few kind of key, key articles that I'd read about the role of the educational psychologist and just sent them to people and how they read and digest and what what kind of key facts they pick out of those articles is completely up to them and everybody could read the same article and, and pick out and highlight different bits which I think is really interesting so it's kind of it's how your mind works your experiences that you've had previously um, and how you're kind of moving forward with with your learning so I'm just kind of trying to give people the opportunity to understand a bit more about educational psychology because it's quite hard to kind of gain experience or gain more knowledge when you don't really know what to look for and um, so I think I think that's kind of my my key thing is just to kind of open people's eyes and I mean um, this week I did a post about um, Black History Month just celebrating some of the black psychologists and the influence that they've had in the field um, so I think it's more about kind of highlighting little areas of interest for me um, and if anybody else is interested, giving them the resources or signposting them to places that they can also develop their their learning or their knowledge in that area. Yeah, because you're a real, you're basically like a real example, isn't it? It's like that's what we call it. There's this thing called um, someone else, but I forgot what it's called. It's about professional, not just by um, the theoretical context, professional background, but someone going through a lived experience. An expert by experience, isn't it? Yeah. So you are developing that expertise um, as an educational psychologist and trainee. You're definitely expertise in a trainee one. That's all you because yeah. you're there, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think, I mean, even as an educational psychologist, you're always learning. Mm. I think in this field, you know, there's always new studies being brought out. There's always new interventions being created. And I think it's it, it's that you know you have to constantly learn. Um, and no, nobody's actually the expert in this field as in you know you might have an idea um, but as an educational psychologist a lot of it is kind of making hypotheses and, and formulations from what what everybody's saying so the systems around the child you know the school what are they saying what are the parents saying what does the individual child or young person think it's about it's about building it up and it's about taking into account everybody's perspectives but nobody's really the expert it's about kind of trying to get kind of a balanced playing field and making sure that, you know, if you're doing problem solving with a family that, that they influence the problem solving methods as well. Otherwise they're not going to do them. You know, if you suggest something and you just give someone something and go, here you go, this is what you need to do and it will all get better. 
are they likely to do it at home will it work for them if they're not invested in it if they've had no input they might not even agree with it so um yeah that's the kind of stance that i take on that and i think you know in terms of your account i think that is why i think when people listen to the previous podcast right and they were contacting me since they have you got the details for this person because they want to know learn more and it was really really like um interesting to say okay i you must have found some value and i think not just in terms of like the the content you were sharing but it was more like the how and the why and and i decided to signpost them to follow um a social media account um, because you can only learn through by engagement and you know Isabel is, enga is, is engaging with the audience sharing stuff getting the feedback repeat uh, um, reflecting on that and then putting stuff out there so it's an ongoing exercise yeah definitely it is it, it is ongoing and you know I did think about kind of accessibility and and is Instagram the best way to go? You know, do I need a website or do I need, but I mean, at the moment with the kind of constraints of the doctorate, I think Instagram is enough. It's quite, yeah. it's quite hard to kind of, um, I mean, I plan my posts on a Sunday and do it through the week, but it's quite hard to, to kind of make that content all the time. So for me, kind of Instagram's worked really well. Um, and I found kind of, you know, the younger generation are, are mostly on Instagram, so it's been fine. Um, but yeah, I think I think in the future, potentially, if you know, if more people are wanting things like this, then um, I would potentially look into doing a website or something like that. But yeah, no, it's going really well, and um, and I'm really enjoying doing it, and I'm I'm loving hearing other people's stories, and um, and it's been fantastic. The people that have come from this podcast and messaged me, and um, I've had some conversations with some people, um, and you know, they've said they found it really helpful. So, you know, I'm just I'm just glad that people are, are kind of using it in a positive way. Yeah, I mean, um, this is, but yeah, this is my, this is my other point, right? Um, that's, that's a whole different conversation now, um, which is around social media and how we use it. <laughs> you know, uh, because there's so much stuff out there, right? Which is so, I think, unhealthy. Um, yeah, because, for example, body image. Um, yeah. You know, that's an example, um, and and also material. You know, but I I, I find that I'm drawn personally. Because I think it's the way the algorithms work. I'm because it's based on the stuff that you like, right? So I'm drawn to more like mental health quotes, inspirational, motivational stuff, and it actually does have an impact on my own, um, you know, mood. For example, like when I see when I see really a powerful, you know, quotation or something, you know, wow, I never thought about that, that before, and people sharing the experience. And so, what do you think? What do you think? What do what do you think about that? Basically, platforms and social media and well-being i mean i found it really beneficial i found it from kind of like a psychology side mm. having this having this platform has been amazing because um you know I, i've connected with trainees on different courses that are doing exactly the same course as me which has been really interesting to see how their journey is and how mine is um, and kind of I did a reflection a reflection post of the first month and people were saying, you know, oh God, I've got imposter syndrome too and I'm on a different course. And it gives you a bit of reassurance and, and also building up a network of kind of other psychologists that in the future you might work with because the educational psychology service like field is quite, is quite small. Um, so, you know, you might be working in the service together. So it's nice to have those connections and friendships that way. Um, I found as well other people's accounts really helpful. Um, so if they're doing a, 
a different course. Um, so I follow a few people that do clinical psychology and I find that really interesting because a lot of people talk to me about, oh, you know, why did you do educational and not clinical? You get so much more money for clinical training and all this. And actually clinical was never something that I considered. Um, and, I, and reading about it now, it, it is really interesting and it is something that, you know, potentially I, 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 I could have done. Um, not saying that I, I wouldn't do educational psychology because I do really like it, but you know, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's, I'm interested in a lot of stuff. So Just for me, there are, listening, yeah? Yeah, there are elements of, um, no, there are elements of yeah. clinical courses that I would really enjoy, you know, like learning about multiple personality disorder is something that would really interest yeah. me. Um, obviously I did a, an undergrad in forensic psychology. So working with kind of prisoners and ex offenders would really interest me. Um, but I think for me, it's more, I'm kind of more passionate about the inclusion side and um, making sure schools are inclusive and um, kind of looking at vulnerable groups of children. So, you know, whether they've got um, parents, whether the parents are in prison or um, whether they're kind of, you know, if they're looked after or if they experience trauma, that's the kind of side that interests me a bit more. But um, yeah, it's been really good to look at kind of clinical psychologist journeys as well as educational and um, and I think similar to, to you in respects that, you know, I have a few mental health charity stuff that's come up on there. Um, and, and actually I found it really beneficial, like the quotes, I thought, oh yeah, like you said, I didn't think of it like that. Or, you know, sometimes you just log on Instagram at the, at the start of the morning and I thought, oh, that's a really nice way to start your days and to see a motivational quote or things like that. And then there's a lot of accounts actually that do illustrations of kind of psychological frameworks and for me I, like I've got on my to-do list to like print out their illustrations because they're so simple easy to follow rather than you know if you open a textbook and there's just paragraphs and paragraphs I just really like the visual layout of it and um, I think that really helps me personally so yeah it's been amazing I've had kind of op it's opened up doors and opportunities you know like doing these podcasts um, I wrote an article for the psych journey which is a website um, and kind of people messaging me, I had a speech and language therapist um, send me a link to their, to a writing course, and a report writing course, said you can do this for free. Um, but yeah, it's about using your platforms. And I mean, there's different Facebook groups as well, not just Instagram, um, but I found um, on one of the Facebook groups, I think it was an assistant psychologist one, there was a webinar on systemic and psychodynamic frameworks in psychology and consultation. Um, so I did that yesterday on Saturday morning um, that was with a clinical psychologist, but the overlap with education was, was like really apparent. And the fact that they were doing it in such a simple way was kind of, kind of gives you the underpinnings then to build on your understanding. Whereas kind of at a doctorate level, when you sit in a lecture, sometimes it's a bit overwhelming. It's quite nice just to take it down and be really simple. Um, so yeah, so for me, having kind of this psychology Instagram has been amazing and opened up so many doors um, and actually getting the feedback and praise from people about not even just the psychology, but people saying, well, it's so aesthetically pleasing and I love your color scheme, things like that. I just, it's just nice. It's nice to hear. Um, and it's nice to know that it's being helpful and it's being used. Um, I think in terms of like my own personal Instagram, so not the psychology one. Um, I think kind of, you know, young girl, I think it is, I think Instagram and social media is a scary place for kind of body image um, and things like that. Like I've never struggled. I mean, obviously people don't like their body, but I've never had kind of, you know, I've never, I've never had serious, serious problems with my body image. Um, but I do think it, it is a bit unhealthy comparing yourself all the time. And sometimes you just have to take a step away from it. And a lot of influencers and a lot of celebrities are saying, you know, 
it's not real. And like I follow a few influencers that have like the perfect picture and then next to it, they do one of the bloopers or the outtakes. And I love looking at stuff like that. Like it's not always perfect. And on social media, you know, people are only going to put on there the best bits of the life that they want you to see sometimes. Um, I mean, some people don't just do that, but you know, if you're a celebrity, you're not going to put some, you're not going to put how you looked at 2am being sick on a night out, or you're not going to, you know, you're not going to put how you look without, without makeup with your hair tied up looking scruffy taking the dog on a walk you might not do that and um, you might kind of use it just for when you look your best and it's up to you I mean I don't really necessarily put photos of me that I think oh I don't look good in that I don't put that on my personal Instagram and um, but yeah I think from kind of so like splitting it up into like a psychology side and a personal side I think I think it can be very dangerous but it can also be really helpful if used kind of correctly and um, so yeah yeah, no, I, I think it's fast, fascinating what you just said, especially around, you know, um, the last pieces that you, you're talking about, like, you know, you, you're posting, you don't really process that type of thinking about what you, what, what you, what you're, what you're going to be perceived like, yeah, how you're going to look, etc. Um, and I think, I don't know, from, from my side, I suppose, I've been in that situation where, um, at first, you're quite self-conscious, right? Putting stuff out. I've started to, so I have like two or three accounts social media in that sense. One is like the personal stuff a bit more, and I share a bit of everything. Uh, nothing too personal, um, but a bit of psychology base, etc. And then I have a Pacific psychology stuff, uh, which is psychology cast. Um, and what I noticed was around when you're looking through posts or your feed, whatever you know, these are things that are feeding you in that sense. And I think, yeah, there's also helpful tools that um, people should be aware of um, to turn off notifications, for example, for this type of post coming through. So you can, even though you're following that account, you don't have to see them. I, I've done that quite a bit now and that's helped. Um, so at the moment I'm getting through psychology. And another thing that you said around looking at the different domains of psychology, it's not just education, but, you know, um, clinical, for example, you said, um, because, it's important to be aware of the other pieces because it affects that person, isn't it, that you might be supporting. Yeah, and, and as well, kind of, for your own professional development, if, you, if you're going to refer a child, so for an educational psychology, if you're going to refer a, a child or a young person to a speech and language therapist, mm. you have to know what they do to refer them. Or if you think, oh, no, this isn't for me, this is more clinical, you, you know, you have to know what pathways there are, what's available. Um, and if you were sending them to a, specific person is that the right person to send them to is that the right team um are they going to actually you know help produce the best outcomes for this this child or young person so yeah and um do you feel that um by by doing that um we as a community of psychologists or psychologist trainees that's what we are um we'll get there one day um does it help do you think I think for me it's really helped. Um, I mean, I, I've worked with um, different kind of teams as well, um, such as kind of like speech and language therapists. Um, but it's, it's really helpful to know what's out there because um, kind of in my last line of work as an assistant, um, we had to do a few referrals to different, different kind of sections of the local authority. So kind of um, there's kind of um, a team for 
if you've got kind of a visual impairment there's teams for children with that so not necessarily saying oh this isn't for me this is for you but working in conjunction so yeah they, they need involvement from an educational psychologist who else do they need involvement from you know is there something that this team can do is there something and i think that that person has really helped me um, and also the overlap with clinical psychology has really helped me um so um because it was a clinical psychologist that had done all the drawings of the different frameworks and things like that but actually i really loved that and um there was something else about about imposter syndrome so i put in one of my reflections you know sometimes i feel like we all experience it sometimes of how did i get here or you know they i've just i've just slipped through the net they you know they picked me and they shouldn't have um kind of thing um, quite a lot of people on my course are saying that they felt that and um, the tutors were saying quite a lot of people every year feel that but I didn't know there was I think there's five different types of imp imposter syndrome I didn't, oh, really? I didn't know that oh. yeah I didn't know that oh. um, but I saved it on my Instagram because I saw that someone had posted about it and I thought you know that's that's an area that actually I'd like to do a bit more research into I, you know it's a bit bit more interesting so I like looking for kind of topics and things that that will continue my learning so it's not something necessarily new because i think if i was trying to learn something new on top of the doctorate i think my head would explode but just <laughs> just developing yeah. things that you know oh i had a bit of an awareness on that but how can i expand it i think is something that and i, and I do that in my own time i don't do that kind of in uni time because we've got enough work on but yeah I, find, I, I do find it really interesting and it's something that i keep reflecting on as a, as a real positive um of having the having an account so yeah um, which brings me on basically what's your um, future plans for the account continue doing what you're doing yeah continue doing what I'm doing as long as people continue to find it helpful and useful um, so I, I do really value people's feedback um, I think I'm looking at doing more around because obviously kind of in the current climate I'm look at the moment it's more about personal statements so if anyone needs help with personal statements um, and then moving on to kind of January time, it's more kind of the interview stage um, for the doctorate. So yeah, and, and just keep putting reflections on of what I'm learning on the doctorate. So it gives a bit of an insight. Had a few people message kind of saying, you know, oh, I had a friend that wanted to do educational, but now she's going down clinical. And there's, it's quite hard to, it's, it's hard when you're younger, especially to kind of decide what career path, because the, you know, the door's open for you and where do you go? Um, so I think it's about kind of giving people an insight into what to expect on the course and um, what life is like after. I know that's three years away for me, but um, <laughs> well. you know, just, just what's available for them um, and what, what they can do to make sure that the course is right for them because it's quite, obviously there's, there's only kind of between 16 and 25 people that get on a course and there's 13 uni. So very limited every year how many people get on and you know, there's a lot of people that are disappointed. So it's making sure that this is the career path that I want and making sure people are fully informed kind of before they get on or before they get to an interview because they don't want to be there and some and there's a million other people that really do it's a bit of, it seems a bit of a shame and um, so I kind of want to make sure that you know people have got an insight and especially kind of different courses as well every course is different like we said in the in the video before yeah. every course is different every they've got different angles like I said Tabby have a a CAMS placement, which no other course does. So just making sure that people people are aware of the differences as well. Um, obviously, I, I'm talking from kind of my course perspective and how my course is functioning. Um, and other courses might be completely different, but it's just making sure that, especially if people want to go and apply to Tavistock, then they've got that insight. 
So yeah, so that's what I'm kind of going to do with the page, just carry on as I am. <laughs> it's working well so far. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm completely open as well to suggestions if there's specific things that people really want. Um, I've done a question and answer session before, but I think I'd do another, I'm going to do another one of them soon, um, just to make sure that I'm answering the questions that people genuinely do want answered. Um, so yeah. I, no, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to the journey. I'm sure the listeners, um, you know, listening in, are gonna are gonna be are gonna be very very excited, very excited too. And, and because you know, they're getting quality information. That's why I say to a lot of people who are watching or listening, say be careful about the information information that you're consuming. Go to helpful resources. Go to people who live the experience. Go to the source of information, because at the end of the day, you want you want your brain to be filled with the right stuff and not the unhelpful stuff. So, um, you know, my, so my last sort of, um, well, you're going to have the last word now. Um, but before I go, I'm gonna, it, it would be good to chat to you <laughs> um, while you're thinking about that in the background. I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to say like, um, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be, I think, a useful um, conversation to have later on. Um, we're definitely going to do another one in the future. Um, just to see how you're progressing and where you are on that journey. And also, more importantly, is there anything that new that you've um, learned or um, experienced that you, you might, the audience might find useful? So, yeah, that's my fine. Not, huh? Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. That sounds good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, I really think that, you know, it's, you know, like when we did the first podcast, like, I talked about, you know, when you were younger, like, you know, when you started to think about psychology. And I think with time, time is not, time is not staying still and it changes. It's, it's, it's a constant variable, right? It moves. And um, so thinking about thinking, you know, our feelings, our thoughts, all those things, like they change, isn't it? They evolve, they move, they process, right? So that's why I've always been interested, okay, where was this person before? I mean, my only kind of thing that I would have done differently was start journaling a lot more earlier. Um, you know, documenting, because then I look back on it and think, oh, this is how I used to think back then, and this is where I am now, and this is, and you make more sense of yourself, you know? Like, yeah, definitely. isn't it? You find more peace. Yeah. So, um, my, my last, uh, so yeah, the last word, the last word, um, you said something uh, motivational last time. Yeah. Did um, will be specifically for um, people who are interested in education psychology, who are thinking about just graduate university, for example, yeah. are looking to do the next step. It doesn't have to be education psychology. It could be basically someone who's just finished and don't know what to do. What would you, what word would you, um, what words would you share with them? And then I will press record. I mean, I'll stop record. That would be um, wouldn't it, if I didn't record that. Yeah. Um, I think coming out of university, I think kind of a final word, if you weren't sure where to go, would be research. I think it's about connecting, talking to people. If you think that there's something that you're particularly interested in, all right, this is my interest. What can I do with it? What, you know, what careers would lend to this interest? Um, I think it is about, it's about looking and making sure that you have a full understanding before you before you jump straight in um, you know a lot of people do have kind of you know a year out or they think about 
they, you know, they have a year of kind of processing where do I want to go next? And, and that's not a bad thing. I think don't feel pressured into doing, you know, straight away, I have to have my life figured out because you're really young and, you know, especially in educational psychology, people come to it a lot later in life. And, um, you know, I find myself being quite young on the course. I was, you know, I was the youngest assistant um, out of my group. So, you know, you don't have to know it right now. And um, actually, I think, what was I reading the other day about how, you know, kind of this kind of generation might have between like two or three kind of professional careers, like different directions. Um, so don't, don't feel as well that you are stuck if you do choose something and you think, you know, actually this isn't for me because it's never too late to change. Um, and if you, if you are completely different and you know exactly what you want to do um, and you've come out of university um, and, you know, you think, I just want this, just don't be disheartened if you don't get it straight away. A lot of places are looking for kind of specific experience or they're looking for, sometimes you just need a bit of time for your knowledge to develop or for kind of your ability to reflect on what you've learned or your transferable skills to develop. I think that's just don't, I, I think what I'm trying to say is don't put too much pressure on yourself um, to be perfect or to be the expert in a certain field. I think it's just about going with the journey um, and pursuing a career that at the end of the day you're going to enjoy doing. Um, that's it. Available on all podcast platforms. This is the Psychology Cast, the podcast that interviews unique individuals on why they do what they do.